0: This is the Artist Coaching Podcast. Uh, Hey, what's up, Dwayne? Hey, man, how are you doing? Oh, good, man. Are you? I'm great, thank you. Thank you. you. finally made it back from Asia? It was a long flight, but
1: everything's fine and had a great productive tour, so I'm happy. Where did you play? Um, I did a bunch of shows in uh, Myanmar, Shanghai, uh, and Taipei was the last one. Mm -hmm. Flew back in between, which... (laughs) <laughs> was a good idea initially, but later on it was a little bit heavy because of the long flights. But uh, it was great, really productive, and uh,
0: happy. So c- could you tell a little bit more about that, actually? Because that's something that a lot of DJ traveling DJs always are talking about, you know, that flights in between kill you as, as a person. Um, but wh- why, is that? why is that? Why is that so hard to, because normally people just sleep, you know, in a flight. So why is it so hard for you to fly back uh, and break the tour? Um, well, initially I was going
1: to stay in Asia because I thought it was a better idea. Mm -hmm. Um, later on, we thought it was better to fly back for meetings. Um, on top of that, I had the flu for a little bit, so (laughs) I couldn't really sleep much. And I mean, obviously flying becomes hell when you have the flu or when you feel sick. Yeah. Um, but in all honesty, uh, even in Asia, I remember the first time I was touring in Asia. Um, it was basically... I think two weeks of touring and nine shows, I guess. Wow. And every time I sat down in an airplane together with a friend of mine, we just looked at each other. We're like, okay, nice, another two-hour flight, because it felt like we were flying from Amsterdam to Madrid, for example. Yeah. But we found out how big Asia actually is. Um, <laughs> so, all the flights turned out to be like eight, nine hours. So some of them were six or four hours. Uh, and that's also what happened to me last tour, uh, flying from Myanmar to Shanghai. It's actually pretty close to each other when you look at the world map. But then, <laughs> it's a long flight. <laughs> the flight routes in Asia are terrible, so it took me like 12 hours to get there. Wow. Um, and then basically when you touch down, and that's why I decided to fly back, because you're also not really capable of work. Um, you touch down, you're talking to a promoter. Um, for me, it's really important to have a personal relationship with a promoter as well. So we go for dinner. Um, you talk to them all the time, and many people tell you like flying and traveling and touring is not working. But it's for me, it's basically yeah. the actually part. because
0: the minute you land, uh, you're in work mode because you're, you're yeah you're being picked up by the promoter and you go for dinner and there's not yeah, a second it, of rest.
1: It's also a way to sell yourself, and especially in those kind of countries in Asia. I know the club owners really um, value it when you have a drink with them after a show, um, when you go for dinner with them, when yeah. you're paying attention to what they're saying. So, like that's I'm I wouldn't uh, saying work. It's like maybe a little demotivating towards them because I really enjoy doing it. But at the same time, it's not your personal or natural habitat. Yeah, where it's just not ch-
0: like you're going on a holiday or something where you no. can have a drink whenever you want and that kind of stuff. Yeah. So yeah that's a, that's a really important thing like a lot of people forget that it's still a people business you know you're you it's all about communicating with other people and networking and yeah that's a thing you have to do it the minute you land actually
1: yeah and i think the personal relationship is becoming way more important and in general in the industry there's so much competition and a couple of the people that i know have always been sort of divas and mm-hmm. um in the end, it's gonna, I think karma is gonna get you back, you know. And Have you been
0: considered being a, di- uh, a diva? Um, well, <laughs> I, I have some demands, and people,
1: like, if I tell them to my parents, my parents will be like, Dwayne, that's not normal, and, like, for example, when I get picked up from a really long flight, and I have to play immediately, I want some food to be in my dressing room, or in the car, um, and then they say, like, they tell me, Dwayne, get your both, get both your feet back on the ground, that's ridiculous. But then I tell them, well, I've been on a plane for 10 hours, didn't have proper food on the airplane, and I have to get ready for a show. And I mean, the most important thing to me is the show, you know, that's where I have to show how, how I play. And so sometimes they tell me, my parents would tell me I'm a diva, but in the end, like the promoters are all fine with it. But I feel nowadays in this market there's so much competition, and uh, everyone you meet on your way up, you're going to meet on your way down, uh, which also means it's very important to treat people the way you want to be treated yourself. Yeah. Um, so it's becoming more and more important to have a personal relationship with people.
0: Okay. And uh, talking about Asia, because is it is it some? Uh, do you go often to Asia, or is it just something you you've been for the first time?
1: Uh, it's. I've been. I've been touring in Asia for four years now and it's become one of my biggest markets actually. Um, Also because the bubble, like before I had a burnout, um, I was touring in the United States a lot. But as soon as you leave a market for a couple of months, it's harder to infiltrate the market again, uh, which happened to me in the United States. I recently did some shows over there. And like we're building the profile over there right now again, which is going great. Um, but at the same time, in Asia, it was easier to get back into the market because the whole EDM thing or ash, like dance music thing is super new to the Asian market. Yeah. Um, combined with that, that I also have a profile which is relatively bigger than people in the same like category in uh, for a DJ basically.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: My market became pretty big in Asia, and I'm doing a lot of tours and shows over there.
0: Okay, so still still active in USA, or actually still building uh, your career there, or rebuilding it, actually? Yeah,
1: basically rebuilding, yeah.
0: Yeah, but main focus is Asia right now. Yeah, Asia
1: and Europe, and I, I mean, like, I wouldn't really particularly say I'm focusing mainly on Asia, or mainly on the United States, or mainly on Europe, um, but it just happens to be the case yeah. that I'm asia more often lately than okay well
0: it's 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 becoming a trend you know you see a lot of djs traveling more towards asia uh probably because the usa is becoming harder and harder to infiltrate because it's getting busier so it's i think it's some kind of trend as well
1: yeah yeah for sure um but also i mean there in asia there's so much opportunities to play and Uh, I remember touching down in uh, Guangzhou, and a a friend of mine, Thomas Newsom, was playing there as well the same night, so I was texting him, and I was kind of pissed off, because in the Netherlands, when you play in the same city together, like, either one of you is going to have all the people, or everybody, like, each of you is going to have half, you know? Yeah. And then we found out Don Diablo was even playing, so we were even more pissed off, and then we found out there were 17 million people living in the damn city we were at, so. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Yeah, the the market is so big over there, and there's so many clubs and clubs you haven't even heard of in every city. So there's so much opportunities to play.
0: Cool. And how about that language barrier? Do you experience problems with that or?
1: Yeah, um, my first show that I went solo, I was asking for the booth monitors to have less low end, um, and they instead of turning down the low end in the monitors, they put the monitors up. <laughs> <laughs> they put a like cabinet underneath. Yeah. So uh, that was the moment I decided to get a tour manager. So nowadays, um, not for all shows, but most of the shows when I tour in Asia, I fly in a guy, uh, he lives in China. Um, oh, okay. He's one actually, but he speaks Chinese um, oh, yeah. and, and he speaks proper English as well. So basically anywhere we go, uh, he joins me.
0: That's a good one. How did you find him? Did you met him during touring? or?
1: Yeah, I met him. He was accompanying another DJ uh, f- filming. Actually uh, when when I was performing for Ultra in China and uh, just like started talking to him and um, I asked him like would you be down to be tour managing and he also makes great videos as well um, nice and life. like besides that is like I could I would advise it to anyone because taking a tour manager from the Netherlands is pretty expensive because you have to pay two flights return flights yeah from the Netherlands to Asia, and right now I'm just flying in from China, which is way cheaper.
0: Yeah, that's a good one. Good business choice decision. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, like you already mentioned, you, you've experienced a burnout. Um, that's something that yeah, everyone, a lot of people are talking about nowadays, especially in the music industry and in in, actually in the whole entertainment business. Uh, yesterday I was at Fontas uh, Academy talking about burnouts as well, because it, it's also a thing uh, with students. Um, how do, what did you actually experience, like how did you find out you, you had a burnout as an artist?
1: Um, I was touring in the summer of 2015 and I remember um, I was on my way in the car to a sold-out show um, and I really felt I didn't want to do the show. Um, and I called my parents um, and just told them how I felt that I didn't feel well and I started crying um, out of nowhere. And we decided to cancel a bunch of my upcoming shows Um, and I just wanted to get some rest because I was, I noticed I had so much pressure on my shoulders because of the touring but also the producing and everything like you need to keep making music but if you're in an airplane all the time and if you're tired it doesn't really help. and I was just talking to people, and like my surroundings, my, my parents, my family, everybody started telling me I was irritated, annoyed with everything. Um, you actually changed parents,
0: as a person. You're, you're yeah, yeah, you changed yourself actually.
1: Yeah, my, my parents tried to avoid any conversation about my music or my career or like money or anything because anything that has to do with music or my business would annoy me and I would change as a person. So that was the moment I had to sit down and I actually went to see a doctor to ask like what was up with me because I had no energy, uh, felt really down and everything and he told me uh, I was too tired and I needed to get some rest and uh, like a week later I was back and he was saying I think you have a burnout and you need to talk to people that can help you. Which were uh, psychologists or? Yeah psychologists and like I saw them like you have to do like a test and they talk to you and she basically told me uh, I needed to get rest but that's actually when it went got worse because that's when you take a moment to like step down and reflect on everything that's happening and you start thinking about what's happening or what's happened to you Um, up to a point I mean some days I felt really good but some days I had struggle getting out of bed and like reaching the couch to turn on the TV because I felt so horrible Um, so yeah it it happened and The more you try to stop it in the early phase, the worse it gets. I mean, that's how I experienced it. Um, And it really shows that you just need to step down and focus on yourself and listen to your body. And all the the nights of no sleep and partying after shows. and Did you ignore
0: your body a lot? Like, did you know that something went wrong? Or did you know that um, you were asking too much from yourself and you still did it? Um, Well, I know the life I was
1: living was really rough, Um, but at the same time, um, when you're young and you enter such an industry as the music industry, people will tell you to stop complaining because you're living a dream. Um, (laughs) Sounds familiar. Yeah. (laughs) And I remember one time uh, people that I was working with uh, joined me on tour, and they were always telling me, like, why are you always complaining about your airplane seats? Because I'm, like, nearly two meters tall, so... I prefer to have an exit row seat or like even fly business if it's possible uh, financially. Mm -hmm. And after they joined me for a weekend, which had four shows, they were telling me like, we now kind of understand why you're always complaining about your seats because it's so rough. And that's the point where maybe people around me realize how hard it is to be touring, actively touring. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, in that sense, I noticed I was maybe going a little bit too far, but at the same time, uh, the music industry, and that's what happened to me after my burnout, it's, when you're gone for eight months, um, people will forget about you.
0: It took so, eight months, so you actually, from the moment you were sitting in a car uh, to the gig, and you noticed, like, I don't feel like playing, and you started crying and stuff, from that moment on until the first moment that you did a show, or, or what was the moment that you started? It was,
1: like, eight months later was basically when I really felt good again, and felt like I could be... Working on new music and all that kind of like in between you keep trying to do like shows and because of some um, Legal stuff I had to do some shows Um, Mm -hmm. but um, Basically, I I would say yeah eight months it was like from the moment I was crying in the car. Eight months later, I felt like okay, we're gonna do this and we're gonna rock it, and like I'm, I'm, I'm back. You know, that you
0: actually felt like doing it again because like if, if I have a look at my own story, like I actually felt like quitting because I was really done with everything in the music industry. But you still had that passion, that thing for music in you. Well.
1: I'm, I'm the happiest person in the world when I'm in my studio, okay. um, and, um, when I'm DJing, so in that sense I still have the energy inside of me, but I also kind of feel you in a in sense, if I even nowadays have to cope with all the political bullshit that's happening in the yeah. music industry, I, I that's something that's been annoying
0: me more and more and more. Um, Did you find a way for yourself to ch- to channel that, so to ignore it actually, or to live with it, or um well basically the people that i
1: really annoy me i try to well some you can but some of them that really annoy me i'll just kick them out of my life um and i i don't want to deal with people business-wise or emotionally that uh, drain me um drain my energy Good uh, decision yeah and that's what helped me a lot but yeah at the same time i'm so happy when i make music and um when i'm touring like especially when i'm djing so that's what keeps me going but that's yeah mm-hmm. I'm. I'm changed a whole bunch of things though Uh, so we're touring differently and
0: so before before that moment in the car was there something that now looking back at it was there something that you could have thought at from that moment like okay something's going wrong here you know or was that the first time you experienced okay what the hell's happening
1: well it it was the first time i experienced what was like what the hell is happening since the fact that i started crying because um up until that point uh, everybody around me would have told me it's normal and it's just a, a rough life. And um, but I mean, if you start crying on your way to a sold-out show, um, which I mean everybody should be happy by that point and yeah. excited, and if you feel like you don't want to do it because um, you're just emotionally drained, that's the point where I realized I needed to change things. And yeah,
0: I mean. You didn't see anything coming, so you didn't felt like nausea or you didn't have any aches on your neck or something. Oh yeah, I did. But I, I I thought
1: it was all it all had to do with being tired, you know, and Okay,
0: yeah, yeah. I can imagine, yeah. So you 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 actually did feel something but you couldn't really place it. You didn't really know where it came from.
1: Yeah, like if you would talk about it with people and that's maybe why I was I was a little naive back then, but mm. if you were talking if I was talking about it with people, it would always be like, "Yeah, but uh, you're touring and uh, you did like 35 shows in a month and a half, and you know, obviously you're are tired or nauseous or not always really happy." Yeah, yeah, I get that, but now like nowadays, I understand what was happening to my body because that's yeah, sure, that's talking yeah. afterwards,
0: it's easier. <laughs> <laughs> and and what what did you exactly do in those eight months to to get back on track? Um,
1: well. From the beginning onwards, like I tried to cut off the whole music industry, like try to ban it out of my life in the beginning because it wasn't good for me emotionally. Um, So I I went to a psychologist, still seeing one actually, because it just helps me a lot um, to uh, put things into perspective in general sense. Just once
0: a month or? Yeah, once a month. um, And, you
1: know, like I'm... I wouldn't say I'm scared to get back into like a depression or anything like that, but it's just more um, if I'm precaution. struggling with... <laughs> if I, if I, yeah, precaution basically, yeah. And um, besides talking to a psychologist, um, I was spending a lot of time with my family, um, like try to get uh, more hobbies, because yeah, before it was making music, but yeah, I wouldn't want to make music in the beginning. So, I actually went to the gym a lot uh, to clear my head, um, which I'm still doing right now. And I really noticed it was really important to get a a sort of rhythm in my life. So, instead of going to bed at 3 a.m. and waking up whenever I feel like it, I went to bed at like 11 or 12 and wake up at 9 or 10 and get a structured life, which really helped me to sort of cover it.
0: Were you working out before or did you start doing that in those eight months?
1: I was working out before but not as much and uh, in those eight months it actually got to a point where I was working out like four or five days a week mm-hmm. um, and it, right now it's just uh, part of my daily routine, like I wake up and I work out and then I go to the studio.
0: And thinking about it, what's the key thing that actually really helped you in that process to get back on your feet again, like is it cutting off the people you didn't want to talk about anymore or was it the out, work, the workouts or the food or the rhythm? or?
1: Um, well, I think it's the combination of all of those, but in in the most important thing in the end, by doing all those things, you're cleaning your head and you're sort of putting things in a perspective and you're yeah. thinking like, what do I want to do with my life? Is this the thing I want to be continuing with or do I want to do other things? And the whole process of that um, put me to a point where I just asked myself the question, do I want to quit making music and DJing and get an office job or what do I want to do in my life and Mm -hmm. like I feel I never really asked myself those questions from the beginning onwards because making music was my hobby from the beginning and Mm -hmm. all of a sudden things took off and
0: yeah I'm I'm wondering because I've experienced if I listen to this almost a similar thing you know every same moment same thoughts same stuff Uh, but looking back at my 10 years of being in the music industry I actually found out that I never consciously made a decision to become a professional artist i just became one yeah yeah and
1: i, I think that's what most people are experiencing and because it maybe has to do with talent or like you know the talent in you comes out or if, and like also the music industry i feel is known for not even the music industry, also the acting industry, the modeling industry. As soon as people see talent and they, they want to work with it and they'll try to get you the most ridiculous kind of contract and yeah. people jump on you right away. Um, and that's, I feel sort of the thing that happens to most of the young talents even nowadays like people make music because they really like it and they might have a dream to become a dj
0: mm-hmm. but
1: they never consciously make the decision because everything happens so fast and there's yeah, so also much
0: slow you know because it's just tiny little steps every time up, upwards and then suddenly 10 years later you're there you know and looking back yeah. like what the hell happened <laughs> and that's
1: basically what i'm experiencing right now like if i look back my mindset right now is so much clearer and better and if I look back on my tours and even here on the wall in my studio, there's a, a, a like it's over there. Mm-hmm. There's a poster and it's saying it's my performance at the Great Wall of China uh, in Beijing together with Armin Van Buren. <laughs> back then, I would have thought it was the most normal thing in the world. And right now I'm thinking of like I've experienced so many things in my life which are kind of crazy, like really crazy, actually. Yeah. I realize you know like now i know how to enjoy those kind of moments did,
0: did you experience the same thing as i did as in um i really feel like i'm in control right now and before that i felt like being on an autopilot you know stuff just happened and i didn't really made a decision on what was happening and now you're total in control you know what you're doing you know where you're going uh, and you're fully aware of the fact what you're what, yeah what you're doing
1: yeah, and I feel that's also one of the things that's not going to get me back into feeling so bad, because of the fact that I've just made the decision right now, I'm not going to deal with anyone I don't like anymore. Um, maybe if they make me way better business-wise, it might be a, a decision, but I'll do it in my own way. Mm-hmm. Um, but then
0: it's a decision you really thought about, you know? It's not something yeah. you just try.
1: Yeah, yeah. And if it doesn't feel right anymore, like, I, I won't be working with those kind of people um, or like agencies or whatever, managements, uh, publishers, uh, maybe a gardener, like if my gardener, if I don't like him or if it doesn't feel right, he's not going to be working in my garden. So that's the the thing I've realized, like it's not really particularly necessary to work with the first person you get to. No, exactly.
0: You actually uh, have a um, choice, you know, that's something a lot of people forget, but you actually have a choice.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's it.
0: And what... What was the effect that this burnout had on your career? Because you already mentioned uh, being away from USA for eight months, totally uh, yeah, wrecked everything there. But what did there was there anything else that changed because of the of the burnout?
1: Um, well, it, it kind of felt like you needed to start again. Obviously, like my fans were still there, most of them, um, which helps a lot. Um, but at the same time. Yeah, you need to work on new music, but it's not too, so easy because like for me, I make like maybe 10 ideas and then two or three of them I totally finish and that's like the songs that I'll choose from to release, but that takes a lot of time. So from the point that you're starting thinking like, okay, I'm going to start doing a new song and actually releasing it, it might be like five, six months. Um. But at the same time, a promoter won't book you based off one song. Like, they need to see stuff is happening and your fan base is actively involved and everything. So, it took a quite a while. I mean, I had shows here and there, but it took quite a while before things sort of got back to normal. Um, which, I mean, is um, hard. Um, also financially, you know, because mm-hmm. you didn't have a job for eight months. So, you need to live off. Like, I have people supporting me, which I'm very grateful for. And... Right now, everything's going great, but it's really hard to, yeah, to get back into that phase because you're struggling financially, maybe you're struggling emotionally, and then everything's become so unsure um, because like you're coming from a career where you're getting bookings every week and everybody likes you and everybody's talking about you, you're like the talk of the town, and all of a sudden you you have nothing anymore. Like it yeah. feels like nothing anymore. So. It was uh, it was quite a challenge, but I'm really happy that I'm back and uh, like doing well. So
0: well, really great to hear and see that you're back. So uh, I, I like I said, I've experienced myself. I know how hard it is, and I made a totally different decision. Uh, but I really respect you for going back into the industry and following your passion. Uh, so yeah, just really really great and, and proud of you that you did that actually.
1: Thanks, thanks.
0: Um, taking back, just we're going off a little bit from the burnout because it's. Uh, yeah, so a lot of people want to know a lot of stuff about, uh, and it's something that lives in the industry right now, but now we're going to another uh, subject. To When I ask you what the most important thing is that you experience as an artist right now, so it could be social media, uh, that could be something in the industry, or something you have in the studio right now, or whatever, what's the thing that, that's interesting to you, what happens right now?
1: Um, it's two things. Um, First thing I think is really interesting is the fact that Billboard uh, announced a new, like, sort of DJ Mac. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, I noticed, yeah. Which I feel is going to be really good because it's going to be based on statistics um, rather than just the votes. Like, Mm -hmm. the votes gonna be playing a little part. So I think people should pay attention to that because it's a good alternative to DJ Mac and maybe takes away uh, all the stories from people investing in... uh, Advertising instead of like actually having real fans and getting real votes. Yeah. So that's one. Um, second thing is I feel that market is really changing right now um, Because back in the day you would release a song and you would get support and based off the support and the people that liked your song You would get bookings and nowadays they're actually only looking at numbers. Um, so the amount of streams you get but that market has changed so much because beatport nowadays is actually only relevant for tech house or techno or those kind of mm. genres, whereas the music I am making um, is more dependent on Spotify. Um, and I really encountered that the music I make is not the kind of music that people will listen to when they're drinking the <laughs> <a> beer. <laughs> it's more like club-based and high energy and. So it's all going in a different direction and I feel also the R's in that sense are kind of influencing where most of the artists are going and um, it's also changed the whole way of making music, like even, um, who was it, like Katy Perry said in a recent interview that Spotify is only starting to pay uh, for streams after people listen for 30 seconds. So the first 30 seconds of a song are way more important nowadays than they were before. Yeah. So the whole making of music has been changing so much recently and it's really interesting to see where it goes but everybody needs to adapt as well.
0: Good point, good point. Never yeah I did thought about it like that but the first thirty seconds is kind of new to me, so good tip. <laughs>
1: yes, but that's also what you see nowadays. A lot of the the bigger artists and like the real big pop artists, they start their songs with the chorus. Yeah, whereas exactly. Whereas yeah. start with the first, second verse, and then go to a pre-chorus, a chorus. I actually thought it was j- eighteen seconds, but. It could be 18. Like I've, the interview I read was 30 seconds, but oh, it might okay. even be 18 seconds. But yeah, like in in the end, like it's been changing and it's been influencing yeah. the way we play music. So. But it's
0: a good theory to actually start the song with a chorus, actually, because that's the most interesting part of the track most of the time. It immediately
1: grabs your attention, which I get, and then, but at the same time, it's taken away from the whole song structure, but. Also I heard Armin van Buren once say there's two rules in music. Rule one there's no rules and rule two repeats rule one. So
0: Yeah, it's true. I mean that's what we've got to stick to I guess. <laughs> keep adapting. That's that's the yeah. thing. You have to keep adapting to what the industry is doing and that's what you're doing right now. Yeah. And what are your future plans? Like what are you working on right now that you can reveal or talk about because some things might be secret or Um, well, well,
1: basically making a lot of music and, um, one of the things that I really want to do is get on radio more. Um, so there's a lot of songs coming up that are more pop oriented, um, but still me, um, and a bunch of club songs and a bunch of collaborations. Cool. And besides that, I'm, I'm, more involved in ghost production nowadays. Um, so I'm doing a bunch of ghost productions as well, um, so yeah, it's more uh, on the music side right now, and then uh, we're gonna pick up on touring in April again. So,
0: nice one. Well, good job, man. Thanks for the for the honest conversation and thanks for the open answers.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: I really hope uh, yeah you will have a bright future in front of you. And um, I hope so. yeah, I, I really I really admire your choice of of going along with the flow and getting back up there and uh, fight back, you know.
1: Well, it's my, it's my dream in a in a way. So I feel uh, follow your heart. You know, like that's that's the most important thing.
0: Yeah, but it's really it's really strong of you that you actually made that decision. It's not really like a normal thing. You know, it's really hard to make some such a decision. Yeah, but
1: that's true. But I, at the same time, I feel and that's a thing a lot of people need to realize that are in the music industry or in any other industry that uh, takes a lot of hard work and dedication. The chance we're getting. Uh, the chances I had so far to get to the point where I am right now, maybe I'm like one out of a million people that got those chances and um, you need to make use of it, but at the same time, uh, when it doesn't work mentally or emotionally, you shouldn't do it but I feel like I was just listening to my heart and even if I wouldn't have the success I had back then, I would still be doing this because it's my passion, you know, and I'm just a lucky guy to be in this position and be touring and Uh, fans and dedicated people around me so
0: great words man best of luck in the future and uh, we'll we'll stay in touch thank you for sure (laughs) thanks